Welcome to the Mike On Much Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Veerman, and I'm here with my friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman, as well as our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. Guys, we don't have Erica here today. Uh, it is me running the ones and twos. Mm-hmm. We always call them the ones and twos, but I think that's more DJing, not necessarily mixing. I, it sounds right to me. One channel, two channel. Oh, yeah, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, I don't know. We're going to keep using it, though. Okay. Um, guys, what is going on? Uh, I feel like we've been talking about the Raptors a lot. Uh, so I, I want to say thank you to our listeners for, you know, those of you who maybe are not into sports bearing with us. And for those of you that are enjoying it, well, so are we. Yeah, I'm going to say you're welcome to our listeners. <laughs> this shit is great content. I think people like it. I think people like it. Even the person who said they didn't like it, she said she feels bad and talk about it as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for our listeners, can you describe, we're going to post a photo of what Shane looks like. Yeah, right now, we, uh, we, we're we sitting in a, in a nice room on this couch uh, here at E1, uh, and... Yeah, Shane is in a full coat, zipped up on this nice uh, sunny June day, sunglasses indoors, and a Perrier cracked. Uh, I look cool, I think. <laughs> you do look cool. Your voice is about three registers lower than it typically is. I sound cool, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you look a little damaged, but that's what happens when you, you go for it. Well, uh, you guys uh, had a big night last night. I got a pretty good night's sleep. I was surprised you didn't join us. So for our listeners... Yeah. Um, uh, as you guys know, uh, Shane and I uh, work for Bell Media, and I was our huge CTV upfront. You've probably seen these or you know heard about these things. All the major networks do them: CTV, NBC, ABC, where they they bring out all the talent for all the new shows that they bought for the coming season. And the the crowd. This was done at the Sony Center, packed house, um, not an empty seat in the place. Uh, it's all of the, basically the advertisers are there, and they go, "Oh, you're gonna have you know the new Doctor, Designated Survivor, these huge shows, Big Bang Theory." I mean, obviously those shows are now. You know, some of them are still around, some aren't. But basically, they find out what we're going to show on the network, and then they decide, oh, we want to advertise for all this stuff. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like this this big rolling out of all these wonderful shows that our network has for the coming season. And every network has a chance to flex, basically. They flex. They're like, look at what we've got you know, on our CTV schedule. You know, CTV 18 years in a row being the leading network in Canada. Like, they're just kind of throwing out all this, like, good news to the people in the audience to say, this is why you should do business with us. And keep doing business yeah. with us. Yeah. So uh, so we've got all these amazing shows that are coming out, stuff that we've uh, we've acquired and stuff that's going to be sort of premiering and then stuff that's staying with the network. But what's fun about these things is they bring in all of the talent. So mm-hmm. like Kobe Smolders was there and Evangeline Lilly was there. And I miss so, her. I saw Kobe back, backstage. Yeah. See, I could, this is the thing. You got out of there. I, I was. Know. I had the greatest time. So yeah. so why this is relevant for, for your favorite podcasters here is because, uh, so two things. So opening the big show with like a huge video board and all the highlights and everything, this amazing uh, edit job done actually by um, the department that Shane and I uh, work for, like the larger department, although we didn't do it, uh, Arkell's played. Mm-hmm. So they open the big show. They're like, ladies and gentlemen, Arkell's, so packed Sony Center, the, the, the sort of video screens open up and then Max and Mike and Nick come walking out and the whole band is revealed. You have the, the Arquettes, you have the, the brass section and mm-hmm. you guys do knocking uh, at the door and it's, you know, to this amazing edit. Kicks the party off right. Yeah, it was pretty incredible production. You know, we've had a chance to do the MFVAs and the Juno Awards, and I'd, I'd put this on par with the amount of production and the amount of attention to detail for our performance. And it was the same uh, production team, Insight Productions, that does the Junos that ran this event. So you know that people are serious about it. And um, we typically don't play to a click track, um, but in this case we did because we needed the song to sync up exactly to all the hits in the montage. And so that was a bit of a new experience for us. And also, 
Uh, we had um, it's kind of hard to explain, but in, we are all wearing in ear monitors so we can hear ourselves perform. But somebody is counting us in. There's a voice that goes, "All right, band, are you ready? One, two, three, four. And then the big shots of knocking at the door open. Huh. So basically, there was no room for improvisation. If you come to an Arkell show, you know there, there there's an opportunity for it to go off the rails in a fun way. You know, if I want to do a bit of a banter or if I want Tony to do an extra piano solo, we can do that. But this was a very calculated three and a half minute performance which was a cool experience i really kind of liked being a part of it and seeing how you know, some of the big kind of pop acts will do it at these award shows um Were and you nervous i was a little bit nervous because it was new and, I, and and also we know you know some of the big wigs at bell and we know how important this was to them and we've been friends with you know randy lennox who's the president of the company like he's been our label head over at universal in the past and we're great pals and so yeah, we didn't want to screw it up for him the one note that he had was um I sometimes use a megaphone in the bridge of that song and it was going to sync up with a video of me at the Junos with the megaphone. Mm. And I didn't run it in soundcheck because the megaphone wasn't working. And the one note, he's like, Max, the megaphone, that's my favorite part of the song. Can, <laughs> yeah. you, can you make sure you use it? I was like, okay, cool. It's, it was, it's just interesting to know what is important to the people in charge. I'm like, okay, that, that makes sense. And then one of his guys, John, was like, make sure you have the megaphone. This is important. I'm like, all right, hey, man, listen, we're, we are hired here to do a good job, and that's what we plan to do. And, and I thought it went really well. Yeah, the megaphone looked great. And then what happened? So, okay, leading up to this thing, what they decided, like you, you mentioned, uh, a friend Randy, who is the president uh, of Bell Media, he had this idea where he wanted um, to open the upfront with a live podcast. So the idea is uh, you guys would perform your big song, they'd show the video montage, roaring ovation, and then lights up on the side of the stage, it's revealed that there's like a pod studio. And there is Mike from Mike on Much waiting to uh, uh, be joined by my co-host uh, Max. And then our guest that day would be Randy Lennox. Mm-hmm. So we're opening it with this sort of like constructed bit where it's like going to be this casual conversation where Randy can sort of talk about, you know, all of the, the best parts about CTV. Like you said, 18 years, number one, all this stuff, but in a very conversational way. Yeah, I guess the idea is he's probably done a version of that speech in over years. And when you go to any other upfront, it's like, how is he going to get his main points across without being like a TED talk? Exactly. So this would be a different way to do it. And also an opportunity to showcase that Bell knows what a fuck a podcast is and that like we're into, you being where the audience lives, as he said, forward-looking, exactly. Yeah. But you originally it was like you guys weren't going to be called Mike on Much; it was just going to be a podcast. But uh, then you guys kind of said it was Mike on Much, didn't you? No. So the oh, podcast was called the first part. The podcast was called Upfront and Ahead. Ah, uh, okay. But we were I was Mike Veerman and Max Kerman from Mike on Much. Ah, uh, okay. So it's like, welcome everybody. I'm Mike Veerman from Mike on Much. This is my co-host Max. So Max sort of finishes performing, ditches the guitar, and then walks over to the pod set while I'm in, I'm greeting everybody. I like we opened the the, the upfront. It was wild. but it was like a clever loophole to not have me there. <laughs> by not naming well, it Mike Amash, we, we right? pitched it. We were like, can, can we do a digital dessert with Randy? You did not. No, I didn't. Get out of here. <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I thought about it because here's the thing. It's like our podcast is absolutely three people. I just don't think. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> no, I know that. But just to have to say it is almost embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Shane does exist. You're a human being, Shane. <laughs> well, you, if, you're loved and cared for. Shane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you were feeling left out, I just don't know how. How there would have been time to like have a comedic part in there, like uh, like well, also yeah, I yeah. had all of three lines in this bit, so we're reading from a teleprompter. So this is not a casual conversation. Everybody has to hit their marks, 
and Mike does a lot of the heavy lifting as a host. And then the floor is sort of given to Randy to say, like, you know, here at Bell, you know, we care about your leadership and innovation and integration and blah blah blah. So it's, so I probably had all of two lines or two or three lines. But you were the comedic thing. relief for sure. That I think Max got your what would have been your comedic lines if yeah, you had yeah. been involved. Yeah. So we let Max sort of get the the fun punch lines. Yeah. And how did you feel about it? Like um, up there, were you like, oh, this is working, this isn't working? No, it was a cool experience again because I had never done anything like this before. And reading off a teleprompter is a bit of a harder job than you think. And I only, again, I only had like four lines to remember. Um, I fucked up one of the comedic lines it did not get a laugh but then i recovered <laughs> with some improv a little bit later in in the bit and i thought that went well yeah uh, w what was great about it is like i obviously you and i have done well over a hundred of these things so we have like a natural chemistry um and randy who is a friend i thought his i thought it worked like all three of us it felt like we were just sitting around kind of like in a oh, basement yeah, it was great. And randy is a charismatic dude like randy kind of delivers you understand why he has that job he, he's sort of a ball of energy when he walks into the room Oh, he did all the heavy lifting. Like, remember when last episode when I was talking about like board of directors and it's like just presidents are just guys that are just like charismatic and can like walk into the room and have like all the faith in the world in their team and themselves. Yeah. That's Randy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it, I mean, it went it went really good. I mean, people afterward were saying all these really kind yeah. What was the things. feedback? Oh, it was, I haven't talked to you really at all. Because, I know because I knew because you would were going to go to the after party. I, Lauren had a rare night off, so we hung out. So I was like, I can't go schmooze as much as I'd like to. Yeah. So so tell me what happened. So so we finish our bit and because it's literally just off the top it's like the five minutes and then it's like okay well i'm done now but i'm like so do i go out into the crowd and hang out with like you know like so like what's interesting is it's like in the day job where shane and i like write and direct commercials our department was there in the crowd sort of watching this thing our work was up up on screen um and so i'm like in, in, in past years, I would go and sit with those guys. So I was like, oh, should I go out and like hang out with my team? And I remember like, so you leave. You're like, yo, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm like getting on. I'm like, you're actually leaving? I'm like, there, there's all these famous people back here. We can like go hang out in the green room or whatever. There's like an elite bar that we can go hang out in. Max, we're talent. This is fun. And you're like, yeah, you know, I do this all the time. I was hanging out in you know the place where Obama was. And, uh, <laughs> fucking big shot. So then you literally just, you and Manager Ash, you, you bail. Yeah. So then I'm kind of just standing there at a crossroads where I can go out into the crowd, you know, with the people. Uh, or like literally if I turn right, I can go hang out where all the famous people are. And I was like, Oh, I'm not often like yeah. considered talent and I've got this badge that says I'm talent. So I'm going to go hang out with the famous people. <laughs> good, good work. Maybe I'll see some funny stuff. Yeah. I don't know. So I go and hang out and literally like everyone's just hanging out, waiting to go on stage. Like Jerry O'Connell, former pod guest. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Evangeline Lilly, uh, Kobe Smolders, Donald Faison, uh, from scrubs. Like there's just all these people hanging out. How crazy. Um, eavesdrop on anything interesting. No, people were just kind of like chatting and I was like schmoozing with people and uh, nothing. I don't have any like sort of like amazing stories where it's like, well, then me and Evangeline Lilly talked about the finale of Lost and yeah. she, she apologized to me for the poor execution of that <laughs> uh, finale. None of that happened. So but it was fun to just kind of hang out and uh, and talk to different people. And um, everybody was was going on about how the opening went because they have a screen. They're watching the whole oh, show good. from backstage. So Jerry O'Connell beelines to me. Shakes my hand. Do you like, remember you from the pod? Yeah. Nice. Well, he goes, you were you were great out there, man. That was that was amazing. And I was like, oh, thanks, Jerry. I'm like, uh, we we did a pod together a while back. He's like, he's like, yeah, I remember. He's like talking about uh, my secret identity and all that. So he remembered. Oh, wow. Good and for I Jerry. was like, yeah. So I was like, cool. All right, Jerry O'Connell. Uh, and so anyway, I was doing that. Um, and then sort of the, the party starts, and you get to actually talk to you know the the partners, these advertisers, and all that stuff, uh, as well as hang out with a bunch of coworkers. So it was really sort of this fun uh, hang. Mm, cool. I yeah. got a funny text from uh, Jay Onright saying you guys killed it in the, in the opening because Jay Onright from TSN was there, and he also sent a funny photo. He's like, I have pretty great seats. You guys killed it, by the way. And the, he took a photo. He's in like the last row of the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. That's awesome. TSN's yeah. Jay Onre. Yeah, those yeah. guys are amazing. Jay Dan. Speaking of chemistry, uh, those guys. Those guys it. are the best of the best. Um, uh, Jennifer Hedger was waiting. Uh, also, a TSN host was waiting for to talk to me outside the dressing room. That I, was hilarious. I got wrangled. It's like uh, Jennifer Hedger would like to speak to you. I was like, oh, okay. And I, I remember Jennifer Hedger from the uh, UATV, the Lofter days. Honestly, well, Max, literally. So like, we were walking back. <laughs> we we had to go and do like this makeup thing, and then we were coming back, and Dan Webby D was actually the wrangler, which was awesome. So we were walking back together. And uh, someone like says, Max says like, oh, Jennifer Hedges will like see they're outside of the Arkell's dressing room. So we come walking up and Max uh, goes up. The first thing goes, hey, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I did it. That's what you said. <laughs> oh. you just walked up should, should I have a cooler way of uh, introducing myself next time that happens? No, I, I thought it was cool. Probably made her feel good. That yeah. You're like, you know, I recognize you from TV. So her son's uh, her son is eight and his best friend is a big Arkell's fan. And he just had a birthday and it's coming to the June 22nd show. So I had to take a little selfie video for for him. And she was also there with her co-host uh shit i forget her name but also very nice yeah so that was my one bit of shooting also kobe smolders did walk by us backstage she really you know you, they look like hollywood actresses oh you know? yeah like they really there's a reason why they have that job yeah she's uh she was stunning yeah uh okay so anyway so you get to so we do so yeah. we do the, the main party at the people Sony are Center. just groveling over you people are like <laughs> you're the best this is amazing it's going really nice and, and most of the people were just complimenting the unit like me you and randy and sort of the chemistry of the open and shane and shane they, yeah. were, they were saying the one thing was missing was shane and, and his uh people humor. You, you laugh but people were coming up to me thinking i would be uh, upset and they were like you should have been up there that's ridiculous <laughs> i was like no really i don't care trust me i would have felt weird up there just cuts to shane having this conversation in the mirror in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> was pretty drunk but 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 i talked to a uh, a woman who does brain testing for commercials and she was testing all the Raptors commercials. Like they, they, they read your brain waves as you watch commercials wow. and they see what you respond to. So the most effective Raptors commercial, I guess this one, by the way, okay. uh, of all time is kind of a weird one. Can you guess what it is? Oh, it's like a short commercial, or like a montage, like just the com- like there's the New Balance Kawhi commercial. There's the, oh. the Google ones where uh, Lowry's throwing the. It's not the, the shitty Mediterranean. One, yes. Is it? Come yes. on. Yes. Yeah. Okay, explain what this is because I laugh at that commercial. Osmos, I think, is because it's the cheapest looking thing ever. Like I, your brother, who also makes videos and commercials and stuff, he's like, "Yeah, they must have spent like two thousand dollars on that." Thing. So but it's kind of disruptive because yeah. it's so bad, and the writing's not horrible. Explain. Yeah. Uh, what so this there are these local is. commercials for like a like a shawarma place or whatever called Osmos, and um, there's two. There's two of them. There's one where they're kind of like. They're giving him like a burger, and Nor- it's Norman Powell and Fred Van Vliet from the Raptors. And they're like, he's like, nope, don't want a burger. And then they'll give him like a pizza. Well, don't he's want like, you got your, your classic pizza place. He's like, you Throws got your it. classic burger place. Throws it. Yeah. All that. And then the camera kind of pans over, and the guy that's holding the boom mic is covered in the food. And, uh. then it, and then it snap cuts to like them eating Osmos together, but the guy's still angry. I think that's actually for like obviously a commercial that probably only cost $2,000, like my brother said. Uh, I think that's a good execution. It's like, you don't have much money. You literally have one camera shot. How can you be effective? I actually think that's a good commercial. The other one, I think, I don't know if it's like bad on purpose, but it's like the acting is weird. The timing is weird. Basically, Fred Van Vliet and Norman Pell try, try to order like some, some food and they order like a chicken on the rocks or something, yeah. <laughs> which is like the, 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 the famous dish from Osmos, but they don't know what it is. So then there's like a record scratch and it cuts to everybody in the restaurant who like, you know, were like, who are these guys? Like that they don't know what a fucking chicken on the rocks is or something. Okay. That commercial is, I imagine, the one that you laugh at. That's yeah. very, very weird. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's so interesting. So that's the one that tests the best. It did. 
Wow. But people's any, brains responded to it. But afterwards, like you know, you know these things you get you get kind of trapped into conversations. You're like, how does it end? Uh, like, do I just go to the washroom, whatever? But anyways, there was like an awkward pause. So I was like, uh, out of all the celebrities, who do you want to see the most? Like I was like, <laughs> oh, that's a good conversation, Shane. And she goes, Arkells. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh. And I was like, oh, are you, are you a big fan? And she goes, uh, well, I wasn't, not, not really. And then I went to this Hamilton show and then Max came out and he had these frills on and he just take that nut. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and she's man. like, he walked by me and it was just like, I was changed. Mm. And the, the woman was like really into it. And I was like, I was like, uh, I, I directed their uh, video for knocking at the door. She's like, I haven't seen it. <laughs> 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 and I was like, I have to go to the watch room. <laughs> uh, does oh, nut that, kill your jacket? What's up? Yeah. And that's the only person in the world that doesn't think the tassels are cool. Really? It's, it's like a single, like kids are dressing up in fucking Halloween costumes in this shit. That's giving you a hassle about the tassel? He's giving you a hassle about the tassel? <laughs> it's like a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> I, know, I can't right. believe that's giving you a hassle about the tassel. <laughs> Who told you to wear the tassels? <laughs> it's not worth the hassle. Uh, but what, it's kind of like the Osmos commercial. Whether you love it or hate it, it's memorable. It's and memorable. it sticks in your brain. Yeah. You know, it uh, reminds me, like, sometimes when we do things, uh, like creating content for our Kells things, sometimes we'll spend a lot of time and money, not I'm talking about your videos, but just other, like, shit, like, uh, that are it's expensive. And people just, like, because maybe there's a lot of, like, glossy, expensive things, people don't necessarily respond to it. But sometimes if it's just, like, a shitty, like, camera iPhone video from, from the right angle at a concert capturing exactly the right moment from an interesting perspective, that reacts better than anything. Yeah. There's, like, there's a famous... Uh, clip of i think jay-z's filming beyonce backstage warming up and she's like singing one of her songs and people just like lost their mind i mean they lose their mind when beyonce does anything but it was because it was just so raw like it did something to the brain that yeah. like made it feel different and, and special yeah so anyway that's my osmos comparison sure yeah uh yeah and so it was, it was a great night shane's uh, mission was to get a photo with donald Faison. uh yeah i think I thought there was a good virality chance uh, there for it to be like, hey, scrubs. Like, look, I'm like Zach Braff. And then. Uh, oh, I didn't even put that together. That would oh. be awesome for Instagram because you have a, a, a Zach Braff vibe. Yeah. Oh, so I thought I'd be like, oh, everyone says I'm like Braff. I'm like, this will be funny. And then, uh, yeah, you just thought I had a weird obsession with him. For I 100% <laughs> did. So when I finally came out from backstage to, to join the party and I meet up with Shane. He's like, I got to find Donald Faison. Let's go find Donald Faison. I'm like, I didn't even know he liked Scrubs that much. Like, I've known, he's one of my best friends, and I didn't know he watched, but I couldn't understand it. Now I get it. Yeah. I was just like, I did not know he was that, I didn't know he was weird about Donald Faison, but now, now but it makes he sense. He was pretty elusive. Like, it was hard to, like, he would go to that celebrity area, but Jerry O'Connell was like, begging for people to get a photo he was a man him. amongst the people uh, yeah, yeah he was out, out in the party shaking hands and he had babies. like secret service around him because he was kind of the only celebrity who like broke loose and refused to go back in the, the private area yeah. I love those gregarious yeah. celebrities who just love it yeah oh, like yeah. they can't get enough of it and so and obviously you can cross the line and maybe become annoying but the ones that are just like no this is I, I like I get energy from being around people I think a lot of people would go this is exhausting get me out of here if they had to be like amongst a bunch of people and take photos. I mean, I probably have a little bit of it. Like I do like, if I'm at like a Jays game, I'm like, oh, I'll get some photos and stuff. It probably, but after like photo of a number four or five, I'm like, okay, this is kind of right. Well, I, I was also very impressed that he, he's, I consider him a fairly big celebrity. And there was a part in the upfronts where they needed to, someone to put a rhino suit on mm -hmm. and come out and do a bunch of uh, silly voices. And for him to do that, yeah, I he thought it was fairly cool. He's yeah. a gamer. It's like yeah. guess the celeb because we have this show called, I, I believe, uh, uh, The Masked Singer. 
And it was like this big show where basically someone will come out wearing an outfit and then they have like the judges and they have to try and like guess who it is. And it will be like they'll take the mask off after singing four songs and it's Tori Spelling or Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, whomever famous person. So they ran a, a version of this with the women from the social and he comes out in like hip hop hippo. I'm not quite sure what the what the character is. And he starts Good singing, man. and then they're like, "Take it off!" And he takes the mask off, and it's Jerry O'Connell. So he, yeah, he was down for the bit because well, he was like, "There better not be any sliders at this after party," because he was on the show Sliders. Uh, okay, <laughs> but even before he did that, I was like, "That's Jerry O'Connell's voice," and I was like all excited that I recognized. That you nailed it. Yeah, yeah it kind of reminds me a little bit in this idea of like if you if you're just a gamer for stuff. Um, Will Ferrell was just on Dax's podcast. Did you guys listen to that one? Loved yet? it. It's so fun. And he, what he said, it was when he was in the early days of SNL, he told the writer, he's like, look, I'll be in any scene. Just get me in there. Like, if you need someone to deliver a pizza for and deliver one line, put me in. And I think that's... Because what, he's like, I think I can get the laugh. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you get like one laugh, uh, like an episode or 10 laughs over the course of a season, like memorable yeah, that's moments, all you need. that's all you need. They say, well, the, 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 during the Chris Farley doc, I believe, there's a big thing about Chris Farley where he could steal any sketch with one line. Mm. And the, it's the, the Pepper sketch. Yeah. So there's like this famous Adam Sandler sketch where Adam Sandler is the star. He's like, would you like it to pepper? And it's like this weird Italian restaurant where they give you the pepper and they, it's like a pepper grind. It's like, would you like it to pepper? Like it? That's the comedy bit. And I guess Farrell, uh, sorry, Chris Farley has literally one line. And I guess he decides to deliver it so weird where he's like, Thank you, Pepper Boy. I appreciate you giving me this pepper. But he delivers it. He just steals the fucking sketch with one thing. line because they gave him one line and he just did it. But yeah, uh, I love that. Just being game for anything. Just being game for anything. That's how shit happens. Yeah, no, it's true. And interesting about that pod too, Will Ferrell said he was voted the most annoying cast member when he. Yeah, when he first started on yeah. SNL. Because people don't like Keeners. Yeah, and but they, Keeners succeed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I recommend everybody to listen to that podcast with. Uh, Will Ferrell. He's just such a Dak nice, Shepherd. cool guy, too. Right? Oh, yeah. That, that great bit about him being a security guard at the Lakers game. Yeah. So funny. Well, he doesn't go for laughs, either. He's definitely got like a... He's like, I'm in an interview. I'm Will Ferrell. I'm yeah. not here... You know, it's like he's a conversation... I, I found when I listened to him. Yeah. You know, where it's like if you get like yeah. a Robin Williams, he's very like... He's not oh, all... Oh, I hate that stuff. Yeah. Like, it was like when you were... Uh, what's that actor you really liked... Um, Timothy Olyphant. Yeah, you were telling me like, he was the best. I disagree with you. I, I'm going to check it out, yeah. but I just find he's always trying to be funny. He's a guy who's not considered funny, but in an interview tries to be funny all the time. Yeah. It's weird, and I hate when funny guys are funny in interviews. I like when they're just being when real serious. Yeah. yeah, he had a funny line. He was on, uh, I think Ellen, and he was. She's like, "So you and your wife, you've been married for quite some time." He's like, "Yeah, you know, we've been married for uh, 25 years, but you know, feels like 10 minutes." Underwater. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who said that? <laughs> Timothy Oliphant. Oh, he's good. I like yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then he goes, and then he gets a good laugh. He's like, a, a doctor told me that joke one time, and I, and I said I'd use it. Anyway, it's funny. Yeah, that is. Funny. <laughs> I finally listened to uh, Bruce McCullough from Kids of the Hall on Marin. Uh, so like this, so, so I uh, I don't know if people know this about me, but like when the Raptors lose in these like high stakes sort of playoff games, especially <laughs> finals game, I get really down and I have to actually disengage from basketball for like two days. I just I just can't read about mm-hmm. why they lost or how they lost. It's like I I accept the loss and then I have to listen to other things. Like I you know I'll just I'll, oh I'll go back and listen to, you know Shane was saying that uh, who did Conan have on. Stern, stuff like that. I'm like, I'll listen to an entertainment podcast because I cannot listen to a basketball podcast right now. So I went back and listened to this podcast from like six months ago. Bruce McCullough, one of my favorite uh, comedic actors from Kids in the Hall, one of my favorite uh, comedy troops uh, on Mark Maron. And it was so interesting to listen to it. But I, all I could think about is, Shane, after you listen to it, you're like, 
uh, Bruce McCullough reminds me of you uh, in this interview. And so like the whole oh. time I was listening to it, but he's like this, he talks about how when he was in Kids in the Hall, he was really persnickety. And it's like, oh, the little man's angry. Oh, he wants to change the sketch. <laughs> did I say that out loud? I didn't I didn't know I did that. You told me that. Yeah. It's weird. Bruce McCullough does kind of remind me uh, of you in a way, but not like because he's an a, a asshole or something. Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. But that's all I was hearing. <laughs> that's I was all like, you heard. Huh. So, so I'm the little guy who gets persnickety or whatever that word was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Or whatever that word was. <laughs> Uh, you've never used persnickety before? Persnick- no. You just pulled a random ass word out of your ass like once a week. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> well, Max, I don't know if you were there yesterday, but I had a talent badge. Yeah, so, that's uh, true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was funny. Like, I did start to feel like I had some juice. Like, oh, yeah. I kind of felt what you feel like all the time. Shane said that the other day about the shirt, but it was like it was nice. Yeah. The thing, though, it's a kind of a never-ending um, pursuit, you know? This is why like people need to like meditate or, you know, or be, be enlightened in like some other way because like... I was who was I saying this to you uh, to the other day. So I got I'm going to all these Raptors games. I'm the luckiest fucking guy in the world. I've not paid for a ticket. People are just inviting me to these games. I like could not. And then then so and so who runs like the board of directors lounge like text me hey, if you want to come down let me know. So I'm not, not even paying for any drinks. The seats are in the lower bowl. But at some point I'm looking at Sean Mendes sitting courtside. I'm like that motherfucker. <laughs> I was like man. It's like fuck. And he's on the big screen. Like it's like like come on. Like yeah. like when does it end? It's yeah. So it's it's a good. Uh, realization to be like just thank your fucking lucky stars and shut the fuck up and, a, and, and, and show some gratitude and be nice to other people it's an interesting balance though because if you don't have that feeling when you see Sean Mendes like it's what drives you it's well like, there's yeah. a competitive thing too where if I hear a song by another band or something I'm like I'm gonna beat that fucking song yeah because you want to have there's a competitive juice to it that actually creates results <laughs> Well, content- but that also creates monsters too. Well, that's the thing is, there's this thinking that contentment actually is like you know the the the, the killer of creativity or ambition. So it's like if you if you get this great job where you're making hundred thousand dollars a year when you're like 22 what then drives you you know what i mean and it's like that's when people are like well get a house and i'll get the family and i'll pack it in it's like what keeps you going and i think that feeling that you have when you see mendes you're like that motherfucker because you want to be there right i think that which that that drives you towards success because you could easily be like shit we're doing like arenas in canada this is great oh i have nothing to complain about yeah yeah well, it's, uh, when uh, we were in doing delivery, the doc that Mark Myers made, there was a stand-up comedy teacher, and he's like, he's like, it's like nuclear power. It can destroy a city or power it. Yeah, oh, sure. Like, yeah, it, you mean ambition? Uh, I forget what he was referring to, but I was like, oh, well, that, I meant that, in relation to Max, like, well, it was yeah, your 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 drive. It can yeah, it yeah. can be a good thing or a negative. thing. Totally. Speaking of Mendes, I saw him at the 1975 concert uh, the, the other day, and it was an amazing concert. Said hi to him. We talked about the. the Does he know who he, you are? Yeah, yeah, because I saw him at the Raptors game a couple of weeks ago, and, I'm, and we've met him like through the podcast and stuff. It's been on the pod. Yeah. Uh, didn't you guys have like a mutual publicist or something? Some uh, yeah, we have the same label. We have some mutual friends. Uh, mm. So what was the chat like in 1975? It was, it was during the show, but he was in the pit. He was like. He was like, uh, and with his just like his manager and like his band, like his keyboard player and his drummer were just Did hanging out. Did they have security? Out. There, pro- I guess there was security around, but he was sort of at the back of the pit, and there was a bit bit of a barricade between the back of the pit and the first section. So he was sort of like protected, pro- protected. Yeah. So it, w- it would have been hard for people to. But he was singing along to every word of the 1975. Like I just look over him, and he's just like smiling. He tweeted the next day, like Matt Healy, you're the best frontman I've ever seen. That was incredible. And uh, yeah, so it was cool. I basically was like, I went up to him, I was like, I'm stealing all this dude's banter and all of his tricks. He's like, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> who's taller, you or uh, Mendes? Mendes. Shit. Ask, ask who's uh, more fit. Oh, I know the answer, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, Who but, do you think has better hair? Oh, Mendes has great hair. Actually, man, speaking of hair, I went over, so last night, um, I went to the Rocket Man 
Oh, how is it? It was cool. It was darker than I thought. After you see Bohemian Rhapsody, which is all kind of good times, this most of this movie was just about his drug and alcohol addiction. Got an R rating. Yeah, it's and yeah, it's pretty pretty intense. Pretty- I I respect that they went for an R rating, knowing that they're going to leave money on the table. Because this is what Bohemian Rhapsody did. They said, "Hey, let's make this an all sort of like a in a very accessible PG movie." And the box office was fucking bananas for yeah. them because everybody went. You're cutting off like you know a good section of of available dollars by giving it a hard R. Yeah, it was crazy. And actually, it, I didn't realize it, but the guy who finished Bohemian Rhapsody, the director. Yeah, Matthew Vaughn. No, Brian Brian Fletcher. Oh, sorry, my Fletcher? bad. Yeah, I think Vaughn produced. Anyway, Brian Singer isn't. It? No, Brian Singer started it, and right. then he got booted off the movie for a bunch of reasons that people We're don't the like to talk weeds about. Weeds now. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this guy finishes the movie, and now and he also directed. Rocket Man. Yeah. So, dude was a part of both movies about this LGBTQ icon from the seventies and eighties. Yeah, but anyway, they're, they're very different movies, at least to my mind. Anyway, so we go to the movie. Laura has to go to bed early because she's working at, like at the hospital first thing in the morning. Go to my friend Matt's uh, place, uh, book club Maddie, as we know him. And um, <laughs> by the way, uh, I'll get to this in a second. But he. Um, <laughs> He he basically starts talking about like hair. He's got he's got a good head of hair, and he's like, "Yeah, your hair's pretty good, but it's not the same as it was when you were 18." He's like, "Everyone's hair recedes a bit." Like, and he starts pulling up pictures of like Leo's. Like, look at Leo's hair; it's not the same. He's like, "The only guy who's still got good hair is Brad Pitt." Brad Pitt's still got, hair. and then I'm like, "What about LeBron James?" Like, "Oh, he had implants or uh, not implants? What is that? Hair plants?" Just this is great rack, but he's bald. <laughs> Why am I so attracted to LeBron James all of a sudden? So then, <laughs> running up and down the court. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, Let's check out his implants. So, yeah. then he, so then he's like, he's like, yeah, your hair's fun, but you know, you're like a famous person. You need to keep that head of hair. So there's like pills you can take, like now, so that it still looks the same when you're 50. I know people that got on those pills the minute they saw some recession. I know, and but I, you have to take them every day for the rest of your life. You have to take them every day for the rest of your life. And I was like, that sounds like such a drag and something I wouldn't be good at remembering to do. And then, but anyway, I've just been thinking about my hair, like since Matt basically scared me into like. Things. So what are you going to do? Bald and also, but then like my, my dad's got a good head of hair still. That's His true. dad has had a great head of hair. My my uncle on my mom's side has hair. What would you do if you found uh, like a bunch of hair pills in your dad's uh, drawer? <laughs> like, dad, his, his world is rocked. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. If you see now the stress about your hair is going to make your hair It's going to make out. my hair thing. So I just got to stop thinking about it. But uh, anyway, another funny thing that Matt did. Uh, so uh, did I show you this? I, I believe it. so in a, a group text. So uh, Matt... Oh, yeah. I was, I was reading to our audience. So he goes, uh, just out of the blue, it's Tuesday night at 11 o'clock. He goes, uh, he had just listened to the recent pod where we were describing Mike's um, kind of blow up. Oh, with my the disappointment nut. about the shirts and with then the, shirts. the nut and I and the champagne boys. And he goes, has, has Birchall ever been in a non-dramatic situation? <laughs> <laughs> Every time I hear about Birchall, I always feel like I'm hearing like deleted scenes from The Sopranos with various capos <laughs> pleading with Tony as to why they should be allowed to murder someone. <laughs> Quote, he doesn't even respect what I do for a living. You attack my reputation in public on your podcast. You attack my family. I'm just saying, Shane needs to be taught a lesson. <laughs> it's like, and he continues, like I have not heard a story with Birchall where he doesn't quickly say, everything is on the line here. And then I'm like, this is very accurate. He's like, uh, I, I just, I'm not sure you'll get this reference, but Birchall is constantly acting like he's Michael Douglas in Falling Down, which is like, that is a very weird character in a movie to pattern yourself on. Yeah, and then he showed me the trailer for that movie do you guys oh, know that movie yeah, of course oh, I've yeah. never seen the movie oh, yeah. I check out the trailer and then he's like I was like this is so funny he's like I had to say something like literally as soon as his name is mentioned I know how the story is going to end and quote and then Birchall showed up and we didn't know he was coming so we didn't order enough pizza for him <laughs> it's not just about the pizza Mac 
once, not once in the past two years have you invited me on your podcast as a guest or even asked my permission to use my name. The same podcast I have promoted on social media and inside MLSC. And so, yeah, we never end up singing Aladdin. <laughs> anyway, Man, Matt is a professional. Good. Yeah, Matt's a professional screenwriter, so he's clearly good yeah like yeah, uh yeah. successful man he moves yeah. in good circles yeah so uh anyway where are we going uh, matt frookman i went to the movies his hair night, yeah anyway um any other highlights from the night at uh at the sh- it was at the shangri shangri-la right so the, the 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 like sort of elite after party was at the shangri-la where all of the uh, the actors went but uh and Dan- donald favazon was there but there's kind of like an unspoken rule maybe even spoken that like once you're at that part you can't be like, hey, do you mind if we get a quick mm. photo? You got to like play it cool because yeah. you're either like an executive or you're talent or whatever. Mm. So, uh, yeah, but Shane, being a member of the pod, was able to get into that because someone was like, get that man a wristband. Yeah, somebody walked up to me. He's just like, uh, like gave me like, like a signal somehow like to open my hand. So I'm like, okay, what's happening? And just like puts this white envelope that's all crumpled okay. in my hand. He's like, uh, someone told me to give this to you. <laughs> So I, was, I was like, okay. So I put it in my pocket. I'm like, oh my God, is this like a cocaine style party? Like, <laughs> <laughs> cocaine style party? No, I didn't know. I was like, oh man, someone told him I do coke or something. And like, this is weird. Now I'm like, I have it on my person. So I just like, I just on like, I'm feeling around and then I look and I'm like, okay, it's a wristband. Like, uh, thank God. Yeah. 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 But it was, it was very cool way to deliver it. I, I liked it. I found out afterwards that Justin Stockman, uh, was behind it. So oh, thank you, Justin. Patron saint, yeah. <clears throat> and for the record, Shane doesn't do cocaine. Uh, it was the idea that someone thought. I, now that I'm saying that, it seems like I'm trying to cover <laughs> for the <laughs> and making it worse. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then so that party was great. All like the big celebs were there. Uh, it was a really fun time. Hung out with uh, Justin and, and Scott uh, and Sarah McLaren, who's amazing. Uh, it was great. It was a really, really, really fun night. And uh, yeah, I but I mean the party was still going. I got out of there probably at like quarter to one one mm. and went to Burrito Boys. Nice. <laughs> like only I like it's at, it's at the Shangri La. There's like these elite like amazing like salmon sliders and all this really nice food. And I'm like and I, I ate I ate it and it was great. <laughs> the salmon was amazing. But it's like I'm like I'm like I'm gonna leave and go to Burrito Boys. You know, it's just like a classic. I just like what I like when I've had a few beers. I'm with you. Anyway, it gives you a chance to sober up a bit. But the other thing is, I find if you're trying to be a big shot and be cool, chasing down the hors d'oeuvres people at is, yeah. is such a bad look, and you're stuffing your face, and then Kobe Smulders walks by. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you don't want to be the guy who's eating too much food. It might stink up your breath, and totally. I don't know. It, but but obviously in your mind you're like I would kill for another spring roll. You know? <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah, it was a good time. Do you have a good time? I'm embarrassingly hungover, so <laughs> usually when I'm embarrassingly hungover, it means I embarrass myself. And, you know, I was talking to some people, and I thought I was like, oh, breaking ground with conversation and stuff. But it was the type of thing the next day I saw the, some of the people I was talking to, and they act like they don't know me. So I'm like, what'd I do? <laughs> Who was it? No, we well, I don't want to say in yeah. case they're like, oh, that's... Uh, I, I Like you were not... chatting with coworkers. Yeah, but then I was in the washroom. I was like, oh, hey. He's like, hey. Just kept walking. I'm like, oh fuck! I might have done. I might have done something very silly. And I'm a very silly person. So, are you sure it was him you were talking to? And you're just confused. Oh, oh yeah, but he's always say like, just like, what's up? I was in that conversation with like Jen and Africa and all that. You left it, and then we we were me and him were just talking about like people we love, like Myers and Seawong. And oh, nice. But then I guess I I kind of broke away from the talking part because there was a dance floor, (laughs) and I like a dance floor. 
because uh, you know we used to go to absinthe and stuff, and oh. we used to always dance when we were younger. And now there's never opportunities to do that. So I'm like, I, I capitalize on that. Maybe I was gone by this point because I did hear that you were dancing, and I I I, I was gone before you mm-hmm. danced. But I wasn't dancing like crazy man or anything. I don't think. I, I, I think I, your only version of dancing is kind of a crazy. Yeah, yeah. You were, probably, you were I, doing the worm yeah. <laughs> shirtless. <laughs> Um, yeah. So no. yeah, maybe maybe my uh, dancing offended some people. But I I do because you know that suck it move <laughs> from wrestling. I always think that's funny, and I'm kidding, of course, Max. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, it was a great party and, and a really fun time, and uh, the upfronts was amazing, man. Like, yeah, uh, cool thing to be a part of. Yeah, like I'm not just like uh, pumping tires because I'm like I'm a mm. company man, but it was like it was an amazing opportunity for us to get up on that stage in a, in a you know sold out Sony Center, not an empty seat, and uh, and deliver that. It was fun. Yeah, awesome. Um, so topics today, uh, you mentioned Beyonce earlier. Yeah, so that was first? topic number one. Okay, so ultimately, uh, this is kind of about basketball, but not really. Yeah. So during game three of the finals uh, in Oakland at Oracle, uh, the Golden State Warriors home arena, a um, couple things happened. One, Beyonce and Jay-Z were courtside hanging out, and this uh, clip went viral of this woman who was seated next to Beyonce and Jay-Z. So it's Youngish, like, good-looking woman. Yes. Yeah, so it's like that woman, then it's Beyonce to her right, and then Jay-Z won over. And the woman, I guess, is kind of talking to them, and then at some point leans over Beyonce to sort of like continue a conversation with Jay-Z. But she kind of like doesn't – she doesn't cut Beyonce out, but she kind of leans into Jay-Z – and and over Beyonce a bit and Beyonce gives her a look like so she's smiling and then the smile immediately goes away she kind of gives her a bit of like a I don't know how would you describe the look it's Max? sort of it's and it's for a split second it's basically you can see in her eyes like really is this chick kind of moving in where she shouldn't be yeah it just it's just very quickly with her eyes yeah so the internet like lit up all the what are Beyonce fans called the beehive beehive the beehive you know, find this woman on social media. She's like, a, I think she might, I don't know if she's, she's Joe Lacob's wife. Yeah. Is she? she is. Okay, so Joe Lacob, the owner of the Golden State Warriors, or the majority owner, this is his wife. Uh, so she has to like delete her Instagram. She's, she's getting death threats. She's getting death what? threats. I was jokingly going to ask if she's in danger. No, no, no. I mean, Beyonce fans are notoriously murderous. <laughs> 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 There's nothing they won't do for their pay. Oh my goodness! But did you see the what, what Beyonce did to? Um, did you see what she did on Instagram? No, no. So this is, I think, what exacerbated the problem. And I was actually kind of surprised she did this. So let me pull this up. So she basically posts a photo. Oh, did she delete it? Oh, maybe she did. Oh no. Okay, so she posts a photo of herself looking glam. It's a, it looks like kind of a selfie. Swipe over. It's her and Jay Z at the game. Smiling, having a great time, and the and the woman is cut out from this photo. Yeah, the woman sitting next to Beyonce that we're talking about, and then there's the, uh, a slow motion video of the two of them waving at somebody, like and it's like goodbye. Oh, this is the moment just before in in that original clip that the woman leaned over, and there's no caption. So people are like, what is she trying to say here? What do you guys think she's trying well, to say? Well, the implication is she's waving bye-bye to the woman's life, and she's asking her fans to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, out- isn't that the way you read it, though? Yeah, she's like a mob boss sending out the order. That's, I, that, I, you're right. That's totally yeah. what it is. And so she's like, yeah, bye-bye. Anyway, I was just kind of shocked that Beyonce would do that, unless there's a history of this woman trying to steal Jay-Z away. See, uh, her- I, I don't <clears throat> even take it as, is this woman moving in on Jay-Z? I take it as, it's fucking rude to lean over me to continue a conversation. Her explanation with is: I was asking Jay Z if she, if he wanted lime with his vodka soda. That's right. She uh, she offered to buy them drinks. She's in, you know these are very so it was an emergency. Just say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, 
I like listen. Obviously, Jay Z's uh, got a bit of a history with uh, yeah. you know. Uh, They've had troubles in their marriage, and so maybe you could read it like, "How dare she talk to Jay Z? She's allowed to talk to Jay Z." I think the rude thing is, it's like she was in Beyonce's space. Do you think if it had been picked up on camera, Beyonce would have given one fuck about it? She's probably just feeling like maybe slightly embarrassed. That was. It's just one of those random things where it's just bad timing for that woman. That that's when the camera happened. Yeah, because I mean, there's there's a reality where she. Like has never done that ever before and was really just asking Jay-Z for like, what did he want to But do? maybe she was worried, okay, like if I yell, it's going to annoy Queen B even more. You know what? And, and by the way, that would be fair. Like, here's the other thing. I don't, I'm not saying that Beyonce is right for being like, get out of my personal space. But if I think the woman, like I, like I, that's something I would do and then be like, oh fuck. Yeah. Like why, like was that rude to lean over yeah. and kind of cut her out of the conversation? Well, it made me think of like, I feel like I'm pretty gregarious in the way that woman is. Yeah. And I wonder who I've offended. Mm. In the past, you know, mm. doing a little, little too leansy over, leaning in a little too much. <laughs> yeah, it's getting in on the the friendship. Yeah, it's a tough one. So anyway, this woman had to delete her stuff. She was talking to Ramona Shelburne, who's a ESPN uh, <laughs> writer, and she, the woman was crying as she was trying to explain, like, I just want to know what their drink order was. And Jay Z had vodka soda, which I saw in the reporting. Yeah. Beyonce had water. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's it's a wild story. Uh, the fans are crazy, man. Yeah, bad night for uh, Warriors ownership because that happened, the wife of Joe Lacob, and then a minority owner for the organization pushed Kyle Lowry, and he's been banned and has to sell his shares. So, yeah, this so so this is the second story we're going to talk about is Kyle Lowry, point guard of the Raptors, goes flying into the sidelines while trying to save a ball that's going out of bounds. Uh, he lands into one guy. Woman kind of jumps out of the seat that, that Kyle lands on. So there's kind of like Kyle on the one fan, an empty seat, and then this old white dude um, wearing like a laminate. And for no reason, literally there's no reason for him to touch Kyle Lowry. He reaches over and pushes Kyle Lowry and he says uh, he said something. Uh, Kyle said that he was like, told him to get the fuck out of here. I can't yeah. remember. Something like that. He had words for Kyle. So Kyle jumps up, points at the guy, gets like, tells security to get this fucking guy out of here or whatever. Dude gets escorted out, comes out the next day that this guy is a minority owner for the team. Wow crazy he's like a venture capitalist worth something like two billion dollars um and obviously has a sense of entitlement i saw a really i thought uh interesting tweet uh that said uh i don't think this guy totally understood what it meant uh, to be a minority owner uh yeah because he thinks he owns the player mm. um anyway who was a minority yeah so anyway this guy i i the minute this it came out that he was an owner so when this happened i'm like okay he's just old rich guy whatever uh, he'll get banned forever. Obviously, you can't touch a fucking player like that. When I found out he was an owner, I immediately was like, oh, this is going to be a massive story. This will basically dominate every conversation in the day leading up to the game, especially if Kevin Durant doesn't come back. They'll need something to talk about. And it just gets to the idea, the power dynamics, the idea of like, visually, it was a bad look. It's just this old white guy pushing this sort of like young black player. And it's like, you know, there's a sense of entitlement. And, and the minute LeBron jumped on it and yeah. he, he had a huge post on his Instagram, he was livid. Yeah, because LeBron said, can you imagine if Kyle Lowry actually pushed retaliated. back retaliated? You'd be like, put, that, put Kyle Lowry in jail. And yeah, and the NBA would have sus- suspended Lowry for it. Well, it's for happened sure. before where players have full-out brawled with fans. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, what the, was Ron Artest? Or yeah, Metal the Malice Wolfies? at the Palace in Detroit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was wild. Um, and so, so ultimately, I, I said to Danica, because I, when I said that it was the owner, I was like, now this is an owner. I'm like, you watch. I'm like, it's really tricky in the States to make somebody sell something they own. So it's like, it'd be hard to push them out of ownership. But I said, what they'll do is I bet you they'll, they'll find the team a half million dollars. I go, and that guy will get banned for a year. That was fucking, or I, I said, or. I thought it was going to be one or the other. And then shockingly, 
the fuck that was the punishment. I nailed it, bang on. Wow. They find that they find I don't know if it was him personally or the team. $500,000, and he can't go to a basketball game for a whole year. Good. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy, who I generally like as a commentator, he's a former coach in the NBA, and he was calling the game. He said something really stupid. Yeah, uh, bad moment for what'd him. Would you want to give him a hug? Yeah, he's like, I would have pushed him back too. And then, yeah, I wonder if he's apologized for that since. It's just a bad moment. I think he was probably trying to be funny. Because I remember I, I was watching it on ABC, yeah, and I yeah. felt like the tone was very like, uh, it's like, don't, when they're coming at you like that, that's scary. Like, it was kind of like Well, that. he didn't know also at the time that it was a guy who was totally not involved with Lowry jumping in there. Yes. This guy went out of his way to push Lowry. At the time, it seemed like the guy was pushing Lowry off who had Lowry had fallen mm-hmm. on him. And then you watch the replay and you realize this guy had nothing to do with that play. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to push. So I, and obviously Van Gundy was trying to be funny. So I don't think he really needs. No, to he didn't. Just, yeah, just, just to clarify, maybe. Yeah, he definitely probably apologized for that. Listen, if the Beyonce fans are looking for someone else to kill, throw Van Gundy. On <laughs> yeah, <this>. why not? <laughs> bye <Yeah>. bye. <laughs> <laughs> but but I've been saying this for uh, years that we're like they are going to get rid of courtside seating in the way it's currently. Shane's been on this tip. Why though? I disagree. It's Drake's the best. massaging people. I know it's the best. <laughs> That's why we have to capitalize because the window is going to close. They're gonna like they're gonna make it further away from the court. They're gonna have more restrictions. They're gonna put up like a barrier so you can't. But do that stuff is one like of the that. appeals of NBA of the NBA. Is I you're know so close to the action. You can see everyone's face. You see the way people react. It's like that. No other sport it's has a hallmark that. of the product. Yeah, and it would change the product. This was the, Shane. And I literally had this conversation about seven months ago. I think. James Harden had been in something. We had this conversation. I, I, I agree with Matt. Well, I was just saying a fan is going to attack a player once. The player is going to get really hurt because this fan had unprecedented access to touch the, the But person. I don't think NBA players even mind that because they grew up playing in high school gyms where people are right on top of them. Anyway, it's part of the culture. Right? And people like if you watch AAU games or LeBron coaching his son on the sidelines, just people just milling about. Like that's part of the, the culture. They're very like close to the court. Like like when we went, my hands were covered in gravy, and the ball came right at me. <laughs> and just because Mike saved me, that that would have been a terrible situation. Yeah, the the, the Raptors would have been you know having gravy, <laughs> gravy hands. Yeah, I know the implications. <laughs> <laughs> Raptors yeah. got gravy hands. LeBron's got implants. Great <laughs> um, so yeah, those those are our topics. Uh, Wait, well, one more. Oh. Hit me. Are we doing uh, the straight pride parade? Oh, I mm. forgot about that. Are we so having a, one of those? Uh, well, I, hopefully not. It's such a goofy idea. Yeah. Uh, Do we want to talk? About, is there anything to talk about? Well, really? I guess I, I guess the thing is I don't fully know the origins of it. Who created some fucking fringe group? That, some fringe group in Boston were like, "We're you guys are having your pride parade. We're having our straight pride parade where." If you're not gay, you can come to our parade. It's that classic it's so thing where people stupid. are like, why does there have to be a Black History Month? It's like, yeah. it's like every other, like, Time we're living is... in white history all the time. So it's like that this month is to sort of acknowledge that, yes, there is black history that isn't taught ad nauseum with all the rest of the history. So it's like for a straight pride parade to pop up, it just reminds me so much of like, well, why aren't we celebrating like our straightness? It's like. Every day is a celebration of sort of like what society considers you like your sort of like you know, uh, conventional sort of lifestyle and sexual choices. It's just like the reason the pride parade exists is because like people have been murdered historically and assaulted and completely marginalized because of their, uh, their sexual preference. So it's like, let's celebrate the fact that, you know, it's, it, we've ascended to a place in society where they, we can celebrate this. And so to celebrate your straight pride, I've seen a lot of funny tweets too. Where yeah. It's I was like, pulling up the Chris Evans one. Did it, you see that one? What was that one? Uh, Chris Evans wrote, uh, Wow, cool initiative, fellas. Just a thought. Instead of straight pride parade, how about this? The desperately trying to bury our own gay thoughts by being homophobic because no one taught us how to access our emotions as a children 
parade. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Two on the nose? Yeah, you could tighten up the, a yeah. bit. Yeah. It's hard to remember <laughs> all those words. So uh, he, his, his view is like, uh, you're gay. Uh, like kind of like you think you're straight you're gay like no just that you, a lot of people think that like if you drive a big car you have a small dick or if yeah. you're saying you like being straight you're gay well there, there's like that weird psychological thing where it's like if if gay people bother you so much and you can't let it go it's like what are you struggling with internally like why does it bother you so much like are so you that's bad, the implication that's the implication yeah. uh, do you I, think that's true though like do you think people there's a high incident of that Probably, I mean, there's. A, I think there's like historically speaking, there's some people that were like famously anti-gay who ended up being mm-hmm. gay themselves. Like, like all basically like um, those conversion therapy dudes, they're yeah. all gay, yeah, right. <laughs> from what I understand. <laughs> Anybody who runs a conversion therapy center, it, like, dude is definitely gay. It's oh, like, and there's yeah. all these politicians like that are like on the right, and they'll they'll like, no, I like they have wives, and they're like, uh, I'm against gay marriage. Like, I will not put that bill in the thing and then they get caught getting like a handy from like yeah. a male masseuse like it's just like there's so much hypocrisy and it's like mm-hmm. if you're pushing 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 against something so hard like can you believe those well gays? the second the bills pass they're getting gay married <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> finally yeah i'm going to vegas i can't handle this <laughs> goodbye honey <laughs> um so anyway the uh the uh oh the one i saw was like if you want your straight pride parade just go look at the lineup at walmart yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a few of them, but anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's ridiculous. Like, yeah, it's just like I don't know. And I, I, it just kind of gets to what we were talking about before. It's like, is it really a vocal? Is this just a vocal minority of people that are trying to do this thing, and it becomes a fun thing to make fun yeah, of? Twitter skews everything. You it just does. don't know exactly what is real and what's not. It's like for all we know, there's like. 40 lunatics in Boston. Exactly. And that's like such a tiny, It's tiny like flat earthers. It's yeah. like, it's, it's not actually a thing that we need to be concerned with. Yeah. But there's like a few nut- nutters out there. And it hits a news cycle and it, it, we're allowed to talk about it and things like this. It's content. But yeah, like you said, it's like if you were to go to a straight pride parade, it's probably like 40 dudes, you know, yeah. and that's it. And it's like, we're making a big deal about this. Yeah. yeah at a certain point, I feel just kind of bad for them. I'm like, you guys are just like, yeah, yeah it's, it's, uh, I do not feel bad for them in the way that I feel bad for like a gay person who's been ostracized or had a tough upbringing, different kind of like sympathy. Cause it's like, Oh man, I just feel bad that you are not able to just get on board and you're holding on to this thing and you look so fucking foolish. Yeah. Like what, what's going on in your life? Yeah. I think that, I think that a lot sometimes when I'll see, especially I see that, like, I don't know. I don't re- like Twitter comments, like responses to things. Sometimes I'm just like, who's getting on here with all of this, like vitriol all and this anger. rage. Like what's going on yeah. with, with, your, with your life? It's like, do you need to be, heard in such a negative way or does it just feel maybe just angry and it feels good to sort of like bam it's out and then i can go about my day yeah i can go back to like playing with my kid but it's like why are you yelling at serena williams on twitter (laughs) what the fuck is wrong with you do you know what i mean no it's true oh man i just i don't i i I find it bizarre well that's not to say they're gay but (laughs) (laughs) 